0: Opening his eyes, he's faced with a grey, dull ceiling. The cold from the slab he lies on radiates through his body, his bones, his blood. He sits up and stares through his glass cage. He can't see anyone, but he knows eyes are on him. They're always on him. He brushes his teeth at his bolted down sink. He eats at his compressed carpet table and gets dressed. Standing before the bulletproof door, he watches as six guards appear to escort him to his one hour of freedom. This is Robert Mosley. and this is the good, the bad and the pure evil. So Robert Mosley, have you ever heard of him? Because I honestly hadn't. I was looking into another story and accidentally seen an article with the heading he was housed in a glass cage. This seriously tweaked my interest and I went down the rabbit hole that is Robert Mosley. It is an insane story so let's get into it. He had many killer names cast upon him. At first he was called Blue. This was because of the colour his first victim's face turned as he slowly strangled him. The next name would be Spoons. This was from a killing he did where he left a spoon in his victim's head. Allegedly this victim also had some of his brains missing. Leading to the next nickname, Hannibal the Cannibal. But on a post mortem, the brains were found intact, so this was found to be untrue. However, Hannibal the Cannibal stuck, as he would kill a third and fourth victim on the same day. He's now nearing 70 and has not been involved in a crime for nearly 40 years, but is officially listed as Britain's most dangerous prisoner he's thought to be so dangerous that he's too much of a risk to be around other inmates because of this he's kept in isolation he has no chance of ever being released and will die alone in prison now Mosley of course has his own spin on things he firmly believes he's been treated as a problem and rather than help him, he's basically hidden away in solitary confinement he's remarked whether he's mad or bad it didn't matter to them They just want him out of sight, out of mind, and not having to deal with him. So he's left in limbo, alive and breathing, but invisible and basically dead to the world. Supporters for him call him a victim of the cold, harsh old school prison system, who denies helping him and is letting him rot forgotten rather than rehabilitating him. His home is described as a glass cage, two cells both combined into one at Wakefield prison those have seen it described as a room from nightmares stating it being identical to the one in the infamous horror movie The Silence of the Lambs to add more creepiness Mosley's glass cage was made for him in 1983 which was seven years before the film was ever made the glass cage is 18 by 14 and a half foot and is encased in bulletproof glass so he can always be seen He has a table and chair from mealtimes made of compressed cardboard. There's a toilet and sink which is bolted to the floor and his bed is a solid slab of concrete. He remains in this glass cage for 23 hours a day. He has one hour exercise time where he can't speak, interact, even look in the direction of others and is escorted everywhere by six prison officers from the cage to the yard and back again it is an intense level of isolation. Pictures of him inside are rare, but they make him look way older than what he is. Solitary is crushing him. He was gray in both hair and in the skin. His skin is also sunken. These days when you have a baby, you're advised the importance of sunlight and even advised to give the newborn vitamin D drops, as it is that important. Vitamin D comes from the sun, so if you're in total darkness, the body simply starts to break down. Swinging back to the beginning, Mosley was born in June 1953. His family home wasn't great and by two, he along with his brothers, Paul and Kevin, and his sister, Brenda, were all removed and put into care due to the parental neglect. Mosley and his siblings went to an orphanage, the Nazareth House, which was a Roman Catholic nun run home. Most of the time these places weren't very nice, horrible in fact, but this one was loving and secure. Their parents rarely visited and even when they did they were strangers to them. But the siblings were very close. Years ticked by, their parents had 8 more children and eventually they came and took the 4 and care back. You'd think by then the parents would have learned something and this time would be better, but it wasn't. It was far from it. It was worse, filled with horrific physical abuse to all the kids, especially Robert. The parents would pick on each child, beating them and locking them away in the rooms. But Robert was the number one target. He alleged that he once was locked in a room for six months. His parents would come in only to beat him, sometimes six times a day. And he was hit with rods, sticks, and even once threatened with a rifle. Social services would step in once again and Mosley was removed and placed into foster care. When his father was asked where Robert was, his father would claim that he was dead. Moseley bounced from foster home to foster home, eventually running away, ending up in London at age 16. Seeking escape from his demons, he developed a drug habit and would attempt suicide multiple times, which would land him in a psychiatric hospital. While in these hospitals he would tell doctors over and over that voices in his head were encouraging him to kill. They were encouraging him to kill those who harmed him, meaning his parents. With his drug habit he needed money so he became a rent boy. In 1973 Mawsey would commit his first murder. John Farrell would pick Mawsey up for some sexy time and during this fumble Farrell showed Mawsey some horrific photos which triggered memories from Mawsey's childhood, which sent him into a rage, and he ended up strangling Farrell. A trial would happen and Mawsey was declared unfit. He was sent to Broadmoor Hospital for the Criminally Insane where he stayed for about three years. The next murder would happen in 1977. While in this hospital, he and another patient took a third patient hostage. The hostage was a known paedophile. They locked themselves in a cell and barricaded the door. For hours they tortured him over and over, until the hostage ended with him being strangled. When they were done they held the body up to the spy hatch to show the guards he was dead. The guards reported when they entered the victim when they entered the room the victim's head was cracked open like an egg, with a spoon sticking out of his head. Apparently a piece of his brain was also missing. Although this was found untrue with a modem, the brain was f- recorded as being intact. Now he committed the second murder on, while in Criminally Insane Hospital, but was declared fit for trial. He was convicted of manslaughter and was sent to Wakefield Prison, which has a lovely welcoming nickname known as The Monster Mansion. Word spread of Mossy's murders before he arrived at the prison and he became known as Cannibal or Brain Eater. His killing wasn't over just yet. Within weeks of entering Wakefield, he would kill again. So, on the day of the third and fourth killings, Mossy lured Slaney Darwood to his cell. He'd slit his throat and hide the body under the bed. Roaming about, he tried again and again to lure more people into his cell. Those he approached later described madness being in him, so they avoided any alone time with him. He continued to ramble until, until he snuck into the cell of Bill Roberts. Bill was lying on his bed when Mosley came in. He immediately started to attack Bill with a makeshift knife, particularly around Bill's head. After this, Mosley left the cell, walked into the wing of the office and placed the homemade knife on the guards desk. Mosley then calmly informed the guards that at the next roll call, they would be two people short. Again, he was declared fit for trial, convicted of double murder, and sent back to Wakefield. This time it was different. Fearing the safety for others, Mosey was placed in solitary confinement, and has been there ever since. He was sent to Parkhurst Prison for a time, though, where he was getting help with psychiatrist Bob Johnson. He would spend three years with Mosley and felt he was improving and making progress, removing his anger and danger to others. But out of nowhere, all this was stopped and Mosley was sent back to Wakefield to the glass cage. His family believed that the prison guards were trying to break him. Each time he improved, he was thrown back into the cage. At one point, he was even getting on with staff, playing chess with them. He had access to books, music and TV. He was given a taste of normalcy only to have it all ripped away. His brothers believed his troubles always stemmed from being locked away as a child and doing this over and over again to him as an adult was just torturing him and bringing up old trauma. In March 2000, Mosley unsuccessfully pleaded for terms of his solitary confinement. He was requesting a relaxation or for him to be allowed to die by taking a cyanide capsule. When refused, he went on to ask for a pet budgie, I guess for company, but this also was denied. Mosley is unique among serial killers because it's believed he was driven to do terrible acts by very real demons from his youth. Mosley firmly believes if he had killed his parents in 1970, he wouldn't have gone on to kill the others. And he would have served his time and be living a free life right now. Thanks for listening. Next time I'll be talking about the amazing Wright Brothers and their aviation achievements. This has been the good, the bad and the pure evil. Until next time.